What is going on, everyone? This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here in today's episode, we're going to talk about all of the NBA play-in games, give our thoughts about that, as well as look at all the other playoff teams and give our X-Factor players for those playoff matchups. Stay tuned, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. Yo, what is going on, everybody? This is Eric, your ranting co-host here. Glad to be back for another episode, as always. And uh, as a Laker hater, while I'm sure they'll probably do fine in the play-in tournament, I'm pretty excited just the fact that they have to be in it. So I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> and what is going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most. And all I can say is thank God for the Carolina Hurricanes right now because I am looking pretty sorry with the Charlotte Hornets right now. So I need to have something to root for. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about the other teams, and you know, hopefully, like Eric said, the we can have the Lakers have some struggles going on and possibly not make it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. We'll we'll get into those uh, playoff games here in a second, guys. So this episode, by the way, it's just going to be uh, all about NBA. So that's what we're going to be covering on this episode. But before we start, I do want to give a, a special announcement, so to say, next week. So this would be. Actually, on Monday, so next, uh, the 24th, May 24th, at 9 p.m. Eastern, we are going to be going live on the Clutch Crew Sports YouTube channel. So if you follow us and subscribe to us on YouTube, we're going to be going live uh, next Monday at 9 p.m. And it's going to be myself, Connor, and Nate. And we're just going to be talking about the NFL. So... We'll take uh, listener chat suggestions and topics and give our thoughts about whatever questions you guys might have for us regarding any NFL news and just talk general news around the NFL. Maybe Tebow stuff, if that ever happens, we can talk about that <laughs> there. Uh, I see he still hasn't been signed yet, so that's you know giving me some pause uh, about that. But but yeah, so stay um, definitely if you're if you're wanting to check us out next week. And we'll be live for about 30 minutes or so. And we are still going to come out with an episode next week uh, just talking about the playoffs. So that's still going to be on schedule for next Tuesday. So that's just uh, some news uh, for next week. But let's go ahead, guys, talk about these playoff matchups. So the NBA season's finally over. Um, the shortened season, teams were playing lots of back-to-backs and no days off really for all the all the sports teams other than the NFL. The NFL was never it like nothing affected the season. Yeah, there were games on weird days of the week, but as far as they got all their games in like usual and it wasn't too different. But for baseball, hockey, NBA, they've had shortened seasons, uh different they've had to really do a lot of different and unique things and something uh, definitely unique is this play-in tournament that we talked about last week. Uh, we kind of just talked about the play, the play-in tournament in general, but now we actually know who the matchups are going to be. So we're going to give our thoughts on the matchups, and then we'll get into the other teams and talk about general expectations, what needs to go right, so to say, for for all these teams to win their games. But let's start here first with the West. So let's start with the seven-eight matchup in the West. So. We have the Lakers as the seven seed and the Golden State Warriors as the eight seed. So basically, Golden State goes to L.A. to play the Lakers in a one-game matchup, and the winner becomes the seven seed to face Phoenix um, in the playoffs. So, Connor, I'll start with you. Who do you see winning this game, and uh, how entertaining do you think this will be? Well... This game by far is going to be the most entertaining of the playing tournament. Um, you know, it's two teams that, honestly, given the players on both sides and given their rosters and how they've been playing, like these are two teams that we honestly probably none of us expected to be in this situation. Um, you know, even if they were the seven or the eight, you know, we didn't expect there to be a playing tournament uh, up until not too long ago. So um, the fact that the Lakers and Warriors are having to play this game, especially the Lakers, you know, given the defending champs, um, you know, they, 
they've had their struggles this year. A lot of injuries, you know, Dennis Schroeder, Anthony Davis, LeBron James have all been hurt at different points. Um, you know, the Warriors have been without Klay Thompson all year, but it's, it's going to be fun. I mean, especially because the Lakers, they should be fully healthy. Like they should have everybody out there on the court. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Anthony Davis, if he can start finding his form again. Cause honestly, the main thing for them is Anthony Davis. I mean, I know I've said this before, like, the reason why I never gave LeBron James much credit. If Anthony Davis plays well, this team can win any night, even if they don't have LeBron. So the key is going to be that. Obviously, for the Warriors, it's always going to be Steph Curry. How well he plays, can he step up? Um, it'll be tough playing, going to L.A. I don't know how many fans they're planning on having there, if they're having any at all. Um, but it, it's going to be an exciting matchup, I know for sure. Like I said, this is, these are two teams that shouldn't be here and here they are in this play-in tournament yeah and then i'll turn it over to eric from the lakers perspective eric if you're a lakers fan uh i've heard some people talk about them potentially wanting to lose this and face and then have to um face the winner of memphis san antonio and then they would get to play utah how much do you think like that's a possibility within the players or you personally, if you were the Lakers, uh, would you rather play Phoenix um, and then potentially play uh, Denver and Portland? Or would you go to the eight seed and play Utah with a banged up Donovan Mitchell? And we really don't know the health of him. So if you're, if you're the Lakers, which matchup would you prefer? I mean, obviously if I could choose, I would pick the jazz, especially since, it's looking like Donovan Mitchell may not play, but you can't, if you're like a Laker player or coach, especially, I mean, you yeah, can't yeah. go into this thinking, oh, we, we should try to lose this and then win the next one. So we get this matchup. You need to just go ahead and win the game and for sure get your spot in the playoffs. Cause especially as the defending champs, you shouldn't be afraid of anybody you shouldn't be especially now that they've got everybody healthy they should be even though they're in this play in tournament they should still be going into this thinking you know we can win that we can win the whole thing no matter who we're going up against so as a i'm honestly this is the first i've heard of this i haven't been on twitter much and stuff lately but if i'm a if i was a fan of the lakers i would not be rooting for them to lose this game and then because yeah most likely they would be able to beat whoever wins between the Grizzlies or the Spurs, but I'm not risking my season on possibly losing one game and then not even being in the playoffs at all. You know what I mean? I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's terrible thinking to. Yeah, that is, I agree. People come up with crazy scenarios, you know, they think, yeah, with this, it's like, at what point is it ever a good idea to lose a game? Like, (laughs) no, it's never a good idea to lose a game, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, especially in playoff implications, you know, (laughs) yeah, this this isn't like game 53 of the regulars or like, you know, if in a normal season game, like 81 of the regular season where you've already locked up like the one seed and everything, it's like, you know, (laughs) it's actually, this actually means something. Yeah, it wasn't like with the Clippers against the Thunder the other day where they already had their spot locked up, so they didn't play Kawhi and PG. They lost the game. It didn't matter. But you know, th- th- this is the this is the playoffs here. You can't uh, any any Laker fan that has that mentality. I'm sorry, but th- that's just bad. <laughs> okay, so uh, we talked before, and all three of us are picking the Lakers to win this game. But I do think this is a much. If you're gonna watch one of these games and you're not a fan of any of the teams, this is the one to watch for sure. It's going to be exciting to to see this matchup. LeBron versus Steph. We've seen them in finals, and here they are in a play-in tournament. Who would have ever thought? Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> uh, but Very weird. The, especially, given the, especially given the squad that LeBron's got behind him right mm-hmm. now. Like... <laughs> You know, yeah. I could see I could see Golden State being in this spot with the way that they are, but the Lakers, like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, and the loser of this game. So we all think it would be golden state, but whoever loses is going to end up playing the winner between Memphis and San Antonio. Now there's sometimes San Antonio wins these games. They shouldn't win, but really I think this is Memphis's to lose. I mean, they're going to be at home in front of their fans and they lost in last year's playoff tournament, the play in tournament, I should say, 
I, I, I don't I see thank any you, way. Thank, they... you, thank you, Memphis, for helping me get a lock right because of that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really don't see any way they, they lose this game to San Antonio. I mean, uh, John Morant, obviously, is, is going to be the best player on either team here. You have the best player on the floor. You've got Valanchunas, who I heard Doris Burke call him a, a space eater um, in, in excitement or the other day when I watched them play. So Memphis, I think they should take care of business against the Spurs. And then this is going to be an interesting rematch guys here between uh, potentially Memphis and Golden State. Um, this would be at Golden State. Eric, who would you give the edge to between these two teams? They played in the last regular season game. Um, Golden State uh, basically had a huge lead the whole game on them. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't matter if they're playing in, in one game setting. Who do you who do you think would win this? Yeah, I, I think Golden State will take it if this is the scenario that does happen. I mean, Memphis put up a great fight last time. But like you said, Golden State had built up a big lead, and they really shouldn't have let it slip away like that. And it's going to be in uh, Golden State again. Memphis will have to – I'm not worried about the fan advantage per se, but if Memphis would already have to beat San Antonio and then travel all the way across the country to mm-hmm. – California, which would be a disadvantage. I just kind of like how you talked about with John Morant being the best player on the floor in the Grizzlies Spurs game. Well, if, if it ends up being the Grizzlies and Warriors and the Warriors are going to have the best player on the floor in Steph Curry and and he went off in that last game against them. Who knows if he's going to be able to replicate that performance again. But if he does that, then Golden State would definitely get it, in my opinion. Yeah, so we we definitely give the edge to Golden State, but I, I still think it would be a, a fun matchup to watch. And then that would set up the winner of that would play the Utah Jazz. So um, Golden State versus Utah, I think that'd be a fun series um, in the West, as well as uh, Phoenix and the Lakers, if that's what ends up happening. Uh, let's go over to the East and talk about the 9-10 matchup here. So... Uh, the Charlotte Hornets, they've kind of been stumbling at the end of the season. Really, Indiana has too. This whole, these four East teams have, have, you know, I guess Washington is the hottest of them all, but a lot of them have been stumbling. But Connor, I'll start with you, I guess. Um, any chance Charlotte wins this game with, with no Gordon Hayward? Uh, what have you seen from them recently? And, and what what percent do you think that they have to win this? I mean, their biggest problem that they have right now is that, I mean, I think one of the Hornets commentators put it really well when I was watching the game against Washington. Like, they just have these moments in the game where they go so cold. Like, I've never seen a team that, you know, they can come and have like a 12-0, 14-0 run and then come back and not score again for another like five minutes. It's like, how do you just flip a switch like that? Like, all of a sudden you're hitting everything and then like, you know, because, yeah, you're, you're not going to hit everything all the time, but then you go, like, a really long stretch of not making anything. So, I don't know. They just go really, like I said, they go really long stretches without scoring. They lack a true, like, dominant big man. Like, I know what really killed them in that game against Washington was, you know, obviously Russell Westbrook got his points and, you know, whatever. But it was really the play of, uh, of all people, Robin Lopez was dominating them in the paint. Like whenever Cody Zeller wasn't in the game, like Robin Lopez was scoring all over the place because they had no one else to go and guard him. So, you know, it's really, and like, even then like Zeller's a liability on offense. So like, yeah, you stop, you know, uh, Robin Lopez when he's out there, but now your offense is worse. So it's just the lack of a true dominant big man is really going to hurt them here. And also without Gordon Hayward, like I said, you know, those long stretches where they get cold, you know, he's the best scorer on this team and, you know, not having your best scorer, especially when you go cold is not good. So, and also it would really help them too, because Hayward not having him, they have to play a smaller lineup without him. Like they have these constant, you know, stretches where they have Rozier, Graham and ball all on the same floor and on the floor all at the same time. And it's like, why are you having a three point guards on the floor at the same time? That doesn't make any sense. So, um, you know, and PJ Washington's been a disappointment. So basically what I'm saying is it looks hopeless. Um, and like <laughs> I said, they've been stumbling really bad. Like you said, they've only won three out of their last 10 games. Um, so I'd probably give them like a, an optimistic would be like 20% chance to win this game. Um, okay. but I, I just don't see any way that they're gonna, I mean, you know, 
even if they manage to beat Indiana, I don't see them beating either Boston or Washington. Yeah. So it's it seems pretty hopeless, but who it's knows? It's crazy. Anything that, can happen. It's crazy that they went from that situation where if they had beaten Washington, <laughs> they would be the eight seed, and now they're the ten seed. So they went from. Yeah. Now they have to win two games, both on the road. That's pretty tough to do. It's just amazing to me how this team just fell off a track. Like, basically, Hayward and Ball both got hurt, and then just, like, the wheels completely came off this team. Like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh, man, like, I know we're obviously not going to get up there to where, like, you know, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee are, but, like, you know, we have a real good shot to be, like, the five or the six right now. And then, like, Hayward and Ball went out, and then, yeah, everything fell apart. I mean, honestly, I'm surprised that we are even in this playing tournament. Like, when that was happening, I thought somehow Chicago was going to, like, overtake us for the 10th seed. But, (laughs) like, I don't know. It's rough. (laughs) Yeah. Tough tough to be a Hornets fan, I guess. Uh, The 7-8 matchup, though, Boston versus Washington here. Uh, Boston will get the home court advantage. Now, this is definitely like a tale of two different teams boston they've just been struggling in their games they've lost to the heat a couple times they really kind of choked their way into the play-in tournament they could have been a six seed but instead they lost a bunch of games whereas washington you know we went from making jokes about them like at, at the mid-season <laughs> mark especially i i know i especially that didn't think, age well at all <laughs> it did it didn't um but yeah washington credit to them they fought hard the last half of the schedule and put themselves back in the situation to be in the playoffs now as an eight seed. I know I'm the only one out of the three of us that, that think Boston still wins this. I I just think the experience factor with Boston, um, I think Tatum will finally show up and, and all the other star player or good players that Boston has on paper I definitely don't think Boston is going to go far in the playoffs, but I think they can do enough to, to win this one game and get past Washington. Well, especially I guess, if they win this one game, they get a matchup with Brooklyn. So like, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's <laughs> I know they don't want that. Um, Eric, what, uh, what do you think? Why do you think Washington wins up winning this matchup? You've got Russ, uh, you're riding the Russ wave. <laughs> I'm, I'm riding the Russ wave triple double. <laughs> Russell Westbrook's going to do so good in this game. He's going to get three triple doubles in the same game. No, <laughs> he's going to get a triple double every quarter. He's yeah, gonna, yeah. He, he's he gonna, might. Yeah, he, he's going to go for a quadruple double. Quadruple double. Yeah, he's going to get ten blocks or ten steals. No, probably, okay. more, probably more like ten steals. Ten steals, <laughs> but you never know. Man. To go with to go if with he gets ten turnovers. blocks, the NBA is rigged. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> he's going to get ten. He's going to get ten steals to go with fifteen turnovers, probably. Yeah. So obviously, uh, I was joking around there. If anybody, if you've listen to any of our past content uh you know how i feel about triple doubles but i still though in all serious now i i do think the wizards are gonna win this game uh as zach mentioned boston's been struggling they've definitely been inconsistent i don't know what's been going on with jason tatum that's been the biggest thing that's held him back in his career is his inconsistencies it seems like one game he's getting like 50 or 60 points or something he goes off and then the next game he vanishes into thin air it's milk it's carton like you know, <laughs> it's like you know yeah he goes on the milk carton it's like you never know which jason tatum you're gonna get so i mean if the you know on fire jason tatum shows up then there's a pretty good chance boston wins but washington has been playing really well they're on a big win streak and i know a lot of their wins were against teams that uh, are not going to be in the playoffs or teams that weren't very good. But if you look at who they did beat, you know, they, they beat the Pacers and the Hornets who are in this tournament. They beat the Lakers who, well, they didn't have LeBron and Schroeder in that game, but they did have AD. And they also came within one point of beating both the Bucks and the Mavericks during this streak that they're on. So, and they beat the Warriors. So I, the, the Wizards are playing to get, they're playing a lot better right now. I, I, as I'd mentioned before, I think when I, uh, or no, I wasn't in the episode, but I know, I remember Connor mentioned it for me. Uh, I think one big thing that's helping them was that Russ finally started playing in both games of their back-to-back set, both back-to-back sets. Got tongue twister there, but, uh, that helped them because 
he was sitting out either the first or second game of back-to-backs, and I think he wasn't meshing with the team as much because he wasn't playing as much. But then once they got in the spot where they had a chance to make the playoffs, uh, he started playing in every game, regardless of whether it was a back-to-back or not. And then they started winning even more games. So the the biggest key for the Wizards, though, is that Russ is going to have to be more consistent with his jumper. He gets really off with his jumpers, especially his three-pointers. Um, Just don't take three-pointers. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm I agree. Not sure, I'm not sure why he feels the need to shoot so many three-pointers a lot. Like, He's that, was, that, that, was, that was the one good thing about that game. That's because nobody when, when was, him on the Yeah, that, that was the one good thing when I was watching that game. Every time I saw him pull up for a three, I'm like, oh, well, that's a miss. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's not making this. But I don't know. This, the Wizards are hot and the Celtics are not right now. So I just I tend to be a believer in momentum. So I I am going to give the edge to the Wizards here. So and yeah, you know, and I'm a Thunder fan, obviously. So I. I'll be rooting for my boy Russ, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, this would be this would be real interesting for you as a Thunder fan. If Washington wins this, they play Brooklyn, and then you get the band and, and Harden versus Russ. Wow. Yeah. Where? How are you gonna feel about that, Eric? Like that? Who would you be rooting for out of that? Uh, like, I mean, obviously, I'll prediction wise, <laughs> if this happens, I'll be picking the Nets, but. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll be rooting uh, for the Wizards still just because I'm while I respect KD more than I did because of the way he tried to play through his Achilles injury in the finals that one year. Uh, I still don't like how he just abandoned OKC, whereas Russ, it was kind of more like he did everything he could and they had like no choice but to trade him. So uh even and then, and then two words, James Harden. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> even though I, even though obviously I feel like triple doubles are very overrated and stuff like that. Like, I still respect Russ's hustle and like his he he his desire to win. Like he truly wants to win. Whereas with some of the players on the Nets, I mean, I don't know what goes through their head sometimes. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But um, so if that does happen, I'll be I'll be rooting for the Wizards, even though I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, you want to root for James Harden, Eric? Nah, that's a pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that that'll cover. Okay, what? <laughs> that covers the play-in games for for this play-in tournament, and now let's get to the teams that we know for sure are penciled in at their specific seed. So we'll start with the East and then make our way to the West, um, and we'll go one to six in order from from the highest to the lowest here. So. Uh, as the number one seed, the Philadelphia 76ers, the big X factor for them that I kind of want to talk about, and I debated about this because when you think of X factor, I think you have to think of somebody a little bit off the radar, but somebody obviously that's going to contribute in the series. And I think that's going to be Ben Simmons for this team. Embiid is basically their MVP candidate on this team he has to play exceptional for them to to win in in this playoffs that's a given in Embiid has to be right like he was in the regular season if he's not then the 76ers aren't going to go very far but if they really want to make the next step and get to the eastern conference finals and potentially even win that and go win the finals they have to have ben simmons um I think do a lot more on offense than what he's been doing. You've kind of seen him and Tobias Harris kind of uh, have similar offensive stats. Ben Simmons is the better overall player of the two, but in my opinion, he has to step up for this team. Uh, A sneaky one would be Seth Curry just for his three point shooting, because I've seen him Seth Curry in the playoffs can get extremely hot and win you games if he goes like six of six of eight from three point range, something like that. Now they have Danny Green, but I really don't expect <laughs> him to do anything. <laughs> Sorry, I had to laugh at that. <laughs> I said oh, the man. word Danny Green, and then Connor's <laughs> bust out laughing. Um, yeah, so that just tells you the kind of the kind of team the Seventy Sixers have. Now I give them credit for their record, but uh, Simmons. He needs to be a true number two player in this uh, on this team and really show up if, if they want to go far. Uh, Eric, 
talk about the X factor you picked for the for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, so kind of just what I was alluding to and my previous statements about the Wizards and Nets if that matchups if that matchup happens, I have to go with Kyrie Irving and I I really debated on who I was going to pick because I didn't want to pick one of the big three because like Zach said when you think of X factor you don't necessarily just think of the best player or the top two best players you'd want to think of somebody who's going to contribute but you know might be a little more under the radar but the reason why I picked Kyrie is because I just don't know how focused he is I mean we obviously know he's a very weird person and he's a flat um, earther <laughs> yeah and uh he but lately he's been going on about issues in the world and you know that while obviously he wants to play basketball he it's not like his number one priority right now or something like that I don't remember exactly how he worded it but I mean if I'm a, if I'm a Nets fan that that is a little concerning to me that you know we're getting ready to go into the playoffs and when he did his press conference he wouldn't answer any questions related to basketball I mean that, that's a little that's a little worrying to me if I was a Nets fan. So I don't know if, and plus my other X factor for the Nets too, besides Kyrie isn't just necessarily a specific player, but a little more like outside of the box thinking kind of here, but it's just going to be the overall health of the team and the chemistry of the team, because obviously Kyrie, James Harden and Kevin Durant are, three of the top overall players in the NBA, but they haven't really played together as a unit that much this season. Cause obviously at the beginning of the season, they didn't have James Harden yet. And then they traded for him, but then Kyrie was out for a while. Then KD was out for a while. And then like, they finally like come back, but then James Harden got hurt. And so now they're all, you know, back healthy and ready to go. But, since they haven't played together much this season, are they going to come out of the gates rusty in the playoffs? Are they going to be fine? Uh, so that that's going to be really interesting to see going forward. But if I'm a Nets fan, I am a little worried about Kyrie right now. All right, Connor, uh, go ahead and explain your X factor for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, so I know you guys mentioned that uh, picking the overall best player isn't really what you think of for an X factor, but... I felt like I couldn't go with anything other than Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, my client, I have to talk about him. Um, <laughs> got, got, got to get that pitch in. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but no, I mean, I think it really is because this really is hinging on what he did in the playoffs last year. Because, you know, like you said, you know, Embiid's been dominant all year. Um, you know, if he's not dominant, then something's going to go wrong for them. Or like, even with like the, if you look at a team like the Rockets last year, like, Harden was dominant throughout the playoffs, so he wouldn't be an X factor if that was the case. Or like with the Trailblazers, like Lillard was dominant, like he wouldn't be the case. But Giannis, like he really just didn't show up in the playoffs again. So, you know, I remember when we were going into the playoffs last time, I was saying that like Chris Middleton was the X factor for them, which I still think he is an X factor because there were some times in that series against the Heat where like he would be like O of five from three and like like four of 13 overall. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, you're supposed to be the second best player on this team, like an all-star level player. And you're out here shooting like 30% from the field. Like that's not good. So yeah, I think Middleton's play is key too, but really it's just going to be honest again. Like he has to, he really needs to get that free throw percentage up. You know, it's better this year than it was last year. Last year, he was kind of hovering somewhere around 63%. This year it's kind of back around 69, 70%. So he's gotten better, but the problem, he's just so inconsistent with his free throws. Like I've seen, I've, you know, watched some of these games and seen his stats where like he'll have games where he'll go 11 of 12 from the free throw line or 13 of 15 or something like that. But then he comes out the next week and he's like eight of 17 or like nine of 14 or something. I'm like, wait, what? Like, how did you go that bad? Like you were so good last week. So he just needs to find that because obviously given the player he is, he's averaging somewhere around 15, 16, 17 free throws a game. So that's going to be majorly key for them. And also like just his play in general, because he really got shut down. He obviously, you know, 
got hurt during that series against the Heat, but they really found a way to shut him down. So um, especially since they're going to be playing the Heat again, you know, that's obviously, you know, the Heat know how to beat him. They know how to contain him. So Giannis Antetokounmpo needs to find his playoff legs this time around. Yeah, I like how you brought up the free throws. That's a major factor because I swear, I think teams like, they they don't necessarily do like hack a shack, but they kind of do something similar with Giannis because he they know that he is very shaky at the free throw line and and he airballs a lot too. I've seen so that's definitely a, a big X factor for them. Now I've got the New York Knicks to talk about, and quite honestly, this is the surprise of the year that they're in the playoffs. Now you could have maybe argued that they'd be in the play in tournament at the start of the year. I could have seen some logic in that, but the fact that they're the four seed and have home court is pretty impressive considering this team is made up of a lot of people, a lot of young guys in other castaways that um, you wouldn't expect to be the four seed in the East, but they are, it was a, it was a close race to get the four seed, but the X factor player that I picked for them is Derek Rose. Now Julius Randle is there. Obviously, he's their all star player that has to do well for them to win. But I picked Derek Rose to be the X factor because he's a player I very comparable on the Trailblazers to Carmelo Anthony, an older veteran player um, that's bounced around the league and has finally like found a home with this team and he comes off the bench too. And, he, and that's really what he excels at. It seems like he's been coming off the bench all season since he got traded to the Knicks and he's one of their leading scorers. So in my opinion, I think obviously Julius Randall has to play well, but after that, Derek Rose is the, the next guy to look at for the Knicks. And also too, he'll be matched up against Trey young for a good period of time. So that's going to be a key matchup to watch is, since he's going to be playing, uh, since they're playing the Atlanta Hawks, him guarding Trey Young is going to be something they're going to want him to to do well at. So that's why I've got Derrick Rose for the Knicks. Uh, Connor, talk about who you have for the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, so, you know, actually going with a sort of under-the-radar pick this time, um, I'm actually going to go with DeAndre Hunter for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, you know, obviously the Hawks, so they have Trey Young. He's been playing, you know, his normal self, like, Still not a great defender, but he's putting up the points. Um, Clint Capella has actually had a very good season this year. Um, you know, he's averaging just around 15 points and about 14 rebounds, so he's pretty close on that. Um, you know, he's been he's kind of turned into the dominant paint force that they hoped he would. Um, so really, for me, it kind of came down to between DeAndre Hunter and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, Bogdanovich, I feel like him. I feel like he's not quite as valuable. Like he's obviously a great shooter and everything, but I don't feel like he's as valuable to their success later on. And I guess I'll explain that in a minute here. But the thing with DeAndre Hunter is he's been injured a lot this year. Um, and now especially he's going to have to take over as the full-time uh, three, the small forward on this team, because Cam Reddish is going to be, is not going to play in any of these playoff series he's done for the year. So DeAndre Hunter, and especially you look at the people playing a small forward in the East, the people that he's going to get matched up on every game, like against the Knicks, I can't remember who the Knicks have at the three. Um, I don't know why I'm forgetting that, but do they have um, RJ Barrett at three? Yeah, that's right. RJ Barrett. So he's going to get matched up with RJ Barrett, obviously not, you know, super crucial, but like you look at some of these other teams, like if they were to play the heat, he's going to be the one going against Jimmy Butler. You know, you play the bucks, you're going to be guarding Chris Middleton. You play the nets, you're going to be guarding KD. Like, you know, you play the Sixers, it's going to be Tobias Harris. He's going to be having some really, really tough defensive assignments in the series coming up. And, you know, he's going to be the one that's going to have to contain them because the Hawks, they, you know, putting up, if Trey Young isn't putting up the points that he usually does, then they're going to need the defense to shine through, which is another thing that Capella's done really good at. He can contain the big man, but they need someone to contain, you know, the forwards and the guards. And Hunter has to be that man because it's not going to be Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich is not a great defender. He's more that he's a scorer. He's not a defender. And like I said, you know, Cam Reddish is done for the year. Danilo Gallinari is not a defender. He's a scorer. Hunter's really the only true defender on this team besides Clint Capella. So, 
he's going to have to come through in a big way for them. Otherwise, the Hawks aren't going to make it very far in this tournament. I mean, we've seen what bad defenses have done. You know, we've talked about it with the Trailblazers, and we've talked about it, you know, somewhat shakingly with the Nets this year, too. So, you know, defense wins championships, and the Hawks really, really need defense from him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Eric, you have the last team in the East, the Miami Heat. Tell us who you picked for for the Heat's X Factor. I know it was tough for you to do. Yeah, this this was a tough decision as well, but I ultimately went with Bam out of bio and I chose him because the Heat have so many while they don't have any necessarily dominant players, they've got a lot of good solid guys in that backcourt. I mean, you've got Tyler Hero, you got Oladipo who's decent, Duncan Robinson, Dragic, Kendrick Nunn. I mean, so with the guards if one of them is struggling, you know, there's a good chance that someone else can step in and take their place and fill the role and g- get what needs to be done. But Bam Adebayo is really the main big man for this team. And I especially put him as an X-Factor too because of them having this uh, first-round matchup against the Bucks. While they, obviously, they contained Giannis last year and, I feel like they have a good chance to be able to do it again, but I feel like Bam Adebayo is going to be a big reason if they are able to contain Giannis and beat the Bucks again. I think he's going to be a huge reason for them going forward. And if he if he struggles though, then I feel like it could be an easy series for the Bucks. So I, I think Bam Adebayo is a very very important piece for the Miami Heat in this first round and the whole playoffs in general. All right, yeah, so let's go to the Western Conference now and talk about the X-Factors we have in the West, and we'll start back with you again, Eric. So you've got the Utah Jazz. Um, Tell me who your X-Factor for them is going to be and why. Yeah, so similar to like what I talked about with the Nets and their health, I mean, obviously we still don't fully know exactly what's going on here, but I went with Donovan Mitchell just because while he is their best player, in my opinion, some people might say go bear, but Donovan Mitchell's the best player on the team, in my opinion. And, and they really need him. I mean, if he's not able to play, I feel like the jazz are going to be in serious trouble, especially if, uh, if it ends up happening where the Lakers end up getting the eight seed, I, I don't think they're going to have, a chance at all to beat uh, to beat the Lakers without Mitchell. And if it ends up being any of the other teams, they could possibly still win that first round series without him, but it's going to be a lot more difficult. I mean, they really need him, but Connor was talking about it before the podcast and uh, you know, he is dealing with this high ankle sprain and that's such a tough injury to deal with, you know, in terms of, getting back quickly and everything you you can think you're there but then just the slightest thing happens and you have a setback or you know whatever like I know that kind of happened with LeBron too like he had hurt his ankle and then he came back played a couple games and he knew it still wasn't right so he sat out a few more games like I uh so I don't really know what's going on with Donovan Mitchell but the Jazz are not going to get far in the playoffs if uh if he's not able to come back soon all right, so I've got the Phoenix Suns here, and I was looking at their team and stuff. Obviously, they've got um, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Those are their stars. They have to have them play well, but I was looking a little bit past that, and I, I settle on Jay Crowder because I feel like Jay Crowder, he actually plays a lot of minutes for this team, so he's a key guy on the Suns, and it's I the thing with Jay Crowder is it's he's so hot and cold from three. He, that's I know Connor didn't pick uh, the three point shooter for um, three point shooters for Atlanta, but just the fact that he can go so hot and so cold from three point range for Phoenix, I think if they end up playing the Lakers, they're going to need that extra offense because the Lakers are a decent defensive team, and then. On the other side of the, on the other side of the things, um, he's gonna potentially be matched up with LeBron, 
or AD. So those are going to be critical matchups for him. Um, hopefully for his sake, he doesn't get in the early foul trouble. It seems like he gets into foul trouble a lot. But as far as the Suns uh, go, obviously they do have DeAndre Ayton as well. But um, he's going to, Jay Crowder, he's going to be asked to do a lot of things. And don't be surprised if he ends up scoring 25 points in a game in a key game for them and winning people forget he was on the heat last year when they made their finals run and he got hot a couple times. So I think Jay Crowder is one to watch for kind of a guy he goes, I mean, he's, he finds a new team every year it seems like, but uh, when it comes to the playoffs, he's a, he's going to be a a key guy to watch out for. So that's why I've got him for the Suns. Uh, Connor, you've got the Denver nuggets. So talk about the guy you picked for them. Yeah, so for the Denver Nuggets, I went with Michael Porter Jr. And mainly because the Nuggets are kind of in a similar position to the Bucks in the East. Whereas, you know, the Bucks really, when you're playing the Bucks, it's all about contain Giannis, contain Giannis. Like, you know, if you contain Giannis, you'll win. It's kind of the same way with the Nuggets right now with, you know, contain Jokic, contain Jokic. As long as Jokic doesn't get hot, like, we're fine. Um you know, the Nuggets were dealt a really big blow and Jamal Murray went down for the season. And, you know, obviously Murray was a huge part of a lot of those comebacks that they had in the playoffs last season. So um, really the Nuggets, they have to find another number two guy to work with Jokic because, you know, Jokic, he could draw that, you know, Porter and Murray are not the same kind of player. Murray's obviously a spot up shooter. You know, Jokic would draw all that attention in the paint and he'd kick it out to Murray and Murray would drain it. You know, or, you know, Murray could get loose and he'd be he could be a slashing guy. Like, again, Jokic draws some kind of double team. Here comes Murray slashing into the paint for the layup. So Michael Porter Jr., you know, again, obviously he's not the same kind of player as Jamal Murray, but he needs to be the next one to step up for this team. You know, you hear it all the time in sports. You know, I was I've been hearing it a lot with the Carolina Hurricanes this year with all of our injuries. Like it's next man up. And Michael Porter Jr. is the next man up for the Denver Nuggets. Um you know, they don't really have anybody else that can fill that void. And the Nuggets, you know, they honestly, if they still had Jamal Murray, I would have considered them one of the favorites for this, you know, championship this year. But they've really had a tough go about it. I mean, I wouldn't say they've really been slumping, but they haven't been, you know, the dominant team that they were early on in the season. Um, you know, that team that not only you know, the team that could compete with Utah, that could compete with Phoenix, you know, was competing with Utah for the division crown that we all thought was going to win the division. You know, at the beginning of the year, we all had Denver winning that division. So um, it's really, they have to, like I said, Michael Porter Jr. needs to be that guy for them. And if he's not, then the Nuggets very easily could fall to the Trailblazers in the first round. Um, You know, the Blazers beat them the other night to secure that sixth seed. It could very easily happen to them over the course of the series. And if it all goes wrong, you know, I'm not, uh, what's the word here? I'm not afraid to say that this series could end up, could end in something like five games if Michael Porter Jr. and the Nuggets can't get rolling. I would love to see that. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was going to say, uh, Zach, do you disagree with this analysis here? <laughs> no, I, I like it. I like that prediction. Um, Eric, talk about your favorite L.A. team, the Clippers, and, uh, <laughs> and oh, the guy, yeah. the X Factor that you have for them. Yeah, uh, looking uh, looking back through some previous episodes, uh, one of my favorite rants of all time that I've done was on the Clippers when I complained about them, how they and how their season ended last year and everything. So. Uh, that that was a great rant if you missed that one, but uh, well, also it, appearances from Kawhi Leonard in the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had Kawhi Leonard on the show, you know, all that kind of good stuff. But uh, and Ty Lue was on there even, so I we've had some good names. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, in my rant, uh, one of my biggest pieces of focus was on Paul George, and he's going to be my X factor for the Clippers because. I don't know what it's been, but Paul George just always seems to disappear in the playoffs. And I, I don't, I don't understand it personally. I mean, maybe, you know, the first time in the playoffs, you know, you're nervous, you're, you, you know, you've never been in this environment before. 
uh, you know, maybe that causes you to struggle a little bit or something. But, you know, he's been in the playoffs with the Pacers and not been able to get it done, which that ironically enough was probably when he's played the best in the playoffs. But then he was in the playoffs with the Thunder and just vanished into thin air. And then last year in the playoffs in the bubble, he disappeared again. I mean, I know we always have in the past joked about Kyle Lowry being the main man to go on the milk carton in the playoffs. But I, after Toronto got that championship and he was decent in that finals run, I, I think Paul George is the main person to be, on the, to be on the missing milk carton now. So if Paul George can play at a level that he plays at throughout portions of the season, I mean, the Clippers could be a sneaky team to win the championship. But if Paul George does what he tends to do in the playoffs, then they're not going to get very far. So, you know, I've liked Paul George in the past, especially when he was, I liked him on the Pacers. And then especially when he was on my Thunder, like, you know, like I want the guy to be good. I want him to have success. And I've, Always, I've generally liked Kawhi too, uh, for the most part. So I would be fine if this Clippers, especially since my Thunder aren't in the playoffs or anything, like I'd be fine if the Clippers could make a nice deep run, but I want to see them prove it to me. I, I said before the season started when we made our predictions that if they choked again, there was going to be another rant from me because I, I'm, I gave them another chance in our preseason predictions by picking them to get to the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. So I want to see it happen, Paul George, but you got to step up your game, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so make it happen, man. Don't, I want to see a real playoff P, not way off P, okay? <laughs> yeah, Paul Yeah, Paul George, definitely the perfect X factor for the, for the Clippers. Yeah, if, I, if, I, if they do lose early again and go out and I, and I hear him, say he has anxiety again as an excuse like I'm, I'm, going, I'm going off next episode i can't wait i can't wait that's like make, a it, Clippers make, it, make it happen playoff p <laughs> okay so the team that the, that the clippers will play in the first round a rematch from last year's playoffs the dallas mavericks connor who did you pick for the x factor on the mavericks yeah well i feel like we tend to talk about this guy a lot sometimes when it comes to the mavericks kind of like how we talk about you know, Paul George a lot when it comes to the Clippers, but, you know, it seems to be that it always comes back to Kristaps Porzingis. Like, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Is he going to be able to play at a high level? Like, I I don't know. It's very, um, it's very in question. I know if Kristaps Porzingis can play at the level that we know he's capable of playing at, this Mavericks team is very deadly. I mean, I know, one of us, I can't remember who it was, I think it was me actually, predicted the Mavericks to be in the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. So, like, I know I'm, this is me fully expecting when I did this that Porzingis was going to be, you know, that he was going to be the the fire, I don't know, what is it, the fire to, or the water to Luka Doncic's fire? I don't know. They, they were going to be some kind of good duo. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure water but, takes out fire. <laughs> so. yeah, it does. I don't know. I, I can't remember the term for that. But uh, The lightning to the thunder? Yes, the lightning to his thunder. God, why did I forget that? Um, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so Przingis is going to be the key. You know, obviously he spent a lot of this year being hurt again, like he always does. But, you know, in the time that he played, I mean, you know, 20 points, almost 10 rebounds. Like he, he has to be that reliable second guy for the Mavericks. Cause it's not going to be Tim Hardaway. It's not going to be, you know, Jalen Brunson. It's not going to be Jay rich. You know, Jay rich is more of a two way player. It has to be Christoph Porzingis. They need him to be healthy. They need him to be him to be on and they need him to be dominant offensively because he doesn't have to be as dominant defensively in my opinion, because the Mavericks do have, um, uh, what's his name? They do have Boban Marjanovic on the team. You know, he can be a good defensive player for them at, as a dominant shutdown big man, but they really need Porzingis to be on, on offense. Um, they need another offensive threat out there that can consistently put up points besides Luka Doncic, you know, Luka Doncic, he hasn't quite been averaging his triple double this year. I know obviously Zach and Eric had him winning the MVP, which is not going to happen, but he's been a really good player for them. And he's one of the, probably the main reason why the Mavericks are in the spot they are in. So 
it's really all comes down to Christoph Porzingis and how far the Mavericks are going to go this season. Will they make the Western Conference Finals? If Porzingis plays well, they will. If not, then they could very well be looking at a first-round exit against the Clippers. I mean, unless both Porzingis and Paul George both suck, then, you know, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> then it'll be Kawhi versus Luka, basically. Yeah, then it'll be Kawhi versus Luka, <laughs> yeah. whichever one fails first. <laughs> yeah. Um, we will end things here. I will talk about the Portland Trailblazers and, and my X factor for them, especially I think in this first round series, it's going to be CJ McCollum, but obviously throughout the whole series, he's or throughout the whole playoffs. He'll be an X factor in any situation. And, and really I say this because we know Dame is going to get all the attention, double teams, uh, their best defender teams, whoever their best uh, guard um, defender is, is going to be matched up against him. So that creates so many opportunities for CJ. And I'll be honest, he's hot and cold too. Um, he'll he can he's very capable of games getting forty points, but he can also go uh, three of fifteen from the field and really you know not contribute much and. They're in this first round matchup against the Nuggets. There's going to be, you know, a huge matchup is obviously going to be Jokic versus Nurkic, but and the Nuggets are going to throw everything they can at Dame. I know that's going to happen because that's what happened two years ago when they when these two teams met in the playoffs. Um, and for what was good for our sake was CJ showed up and he made a lot of clutch shots. I remember people were saying CJ stands for clutch jumper. Because he was making lots of uh, yeah. he was making lots of um, clutch shots at the end of games. I mean, they had like oh, a triple... clutch jumper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had like a triple overtime game. He was the hero in that, and in Game Seven, he was the hero. So uh, I'm expecting CJ to get a lot of good opportunities uh, with all the focus on Dame. Obviously, we need Dame to be good, but. CJ's a, a guy offensively. I'm looking to do a lot of good things. And then defensively, as long as they hold the Nuggets under 115 points, that's all I'm looking <laughs> for for the defensive side. That's like, kind of not good, but... <laughs> it's not good, but, I mean, Portland, they can score 120 like nothing. So it, it, the defense just needs to be good enough, kind of like that last game. I think they held Denver to 115 that's perfect. I would take that for seven games if they held them to 115 points. But that's just because Portland's defense has been bad, historically bad all season. But um, but yeah, CJ, he needs to show up and he needs to make his shots, especially since I know Dame is going to get double teamed and they're going to be throwing everything at Dame. So uh, hopefully CJ has a repeat performance like he did two years ago and I'll be just happy. So that's going to wrap things up, guys, for this episode. Thank you to everyone for listening. And don't forget, next week, uh, Monday, May May 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern time, we are going to be live streaming, talking about the NFL, uh, hearing from you guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, so make sure to go to that. And as always, remember, guys, be clutch. Bye. Peace.